In this episode of Flying Smarter, I'm talking about what happens to uneaten airline food. Afterwards, we're going to look at the stressful summer of air travel, including its causes, and more importantly, what you can do to maximize your chances of having a smooth air travel experience. Welcome to episode 16 of Flying Smarter, the podcast that explores the fascinating world of air travel. As you may know, this is our first episode in over a year, and I'm so glad to be back. For anyone who was disappointed by the sudden stop in publication, I do apologize. What began as an unexpected pause due to some unforeseen circumstances in life led to a long hiatus. That being said, I'm very happy that you're joining me today, and I hope to continue focusing on the two main goals of the podcast. One, exploring and explaining different aspects of the air travel experience, and two, helping you become a better informed and savvier air traveler. I do so by taking a peek behind the curtain, talking about the processes and people that make your flight possible, and by sharing air travel tips, all to help you better understand what's going on with your flight. In doing so, I hope that the podcast can continue to make your flying experience better in some way. Now, as usual, we're going to start off by answering some questions about air travel, or in today's case, just one question. And then for the main segment, I'm going to talk about the challenges of air travel in the busy summer of 2022. I figured that the show couldn't restart in the current environment without addressing this issue, so I'll share some information and advice about air travel in this stressful time. Even if you're listening to this episode well into the future, I think that many of the tips and points will still be relevant for air travel in more normal times. What happens to uneaten food after a flight? Food waste is a massive problem globally, and airlines are faced with the question of what to do with uneaten food once a plane lands. For some non-perishable items like chips or chocolate bars from a buy-on-board menu, they can obviously be kept for future use. But what about things like sandwiches and hot meals? Unfortunately, the answer is that most of it ends up being disposed of as garbage, either sent to a landfill or incinerated. There are, however, efforts to reduce food waste in the airline industry. For example, in 2016, Qantas became a donor to an Australian food rescue organization. Leftover food from its domestic flights, like fruit and baked goods, gets donated and distributed to people in need. It only covered domestic flights, though, because there are some legal challenges to donating food from the airline's international flights. In 2011, Cathay Pacific started working with a Hong Kong food bank to donate uneaten food items from its flights arriving into Hong Kong and redistribute them to communities and programs across the city. Japan Airlines has an option for some flights where you can go online before your flight and indicate that you would not like to have a meal on that flight, thereby preventing the airline from having to load a meal that would have gone to waste. Other airlines have also developed innovative programs in an effort to reduce food waste, including Emirates' efforts to use artificial intelligence to identify which food ingredients are thrown away the most often in their kitchens, and Swiss's trial to sell leftover food at a discount on flights at the end of the day. Did you know that you can listen to your pilot speak with air traffic control on some United Airlines flights? Some United aircraft allow for passengers to listen to live air traffic control communications during their flight. This feature was traditionally known as Channel 9, as that's where you could find it on the audio channel selector. 
in newer in-flight entertainment systems with the airline, it's called From the Flight Deck. Note that it's only available on certain United Airlines aircraft, and it's turned on at the captain's discretion, but keep an eye out for it next time you fly with United Airlines. We are well into the summer of 2022, and by now, I'm sure that you've heard about the ongoing issues at airports around the world. Stories and scenes of what might be best described as chaos have been all over the news, leading travelers dreading their upcoming air travel experiences. On this podcast, I generally try to avoid topics that are closely tied to current events in order to ensure that the episodes are still relevant in the future. However, the goal of Flying Smarter is to help you become a better informed and savvier air traveler, and I think that in these times, it's important to address these ongoing issues. On top of that, many of the advice and tips in today's episodes are good things to keep in mind when flying in general. So even if you listen to this episode well into the future, there's a good chance that there are some helpful things in here for you as well. For today's main segment, I'm going to delve into what is behind this stressful summer of air travel and what you can do to best prepare yourself for your flight. Even though we are nearing the end of summer, experts and industry associations have said that the problems won't necessarily end with the end of the season. The unprecedented problems in the flying world have been all over mainstream media, travel blogs, and social media in the Western world lately. In North America and Europe, there are so many awful stories and images of lost luggage, rampant flight delays, cancellations, and giant lines for security or customs and immigration. Before I get into some of the things that you can do to prepare, I want to point out a few things that might be of consolation. Firstly, most travelers are still making it to their destinations in a reasonable amount of time. Even though there are lots of delays and flight cancellations across the board, people are still generally getting where they need to go. Yes, the number or percentage of delayed and stranded passengers might be higher than usual, but we're not in a scenario where the majority of travelers are getting stranded for days. Similarly, most bags are also making it to their destinations, even with delays. Again, there are definitely bags getting lost, and it may be more than in normal times. But even though there are cases where flights are taking off without luggage, we're not at a point where checking a bag means almost certain loss or anything like that. In addition, the problems are largely contained to airports in North America and Europe. Demand for air travel has really taken off in the Western world. It is still the busier summer season in other parts of the world, but we haven't seen the wide-scale issues that are dominant across North America and Europe. In part, this is due to the removal of a good portion of COVID-19-related travel restrictions in the Western world, while many more countries in places like Asia still have more restrictions on travel. Furthermore, some airports are doing better than others. While airline issues can be system-wide, some issues are specific to certain airports. The larger hubs tend to be more affected. If you're flying from a small airport with only a few flights a day, for example, they're less likely to misplace your luggage than if you're flying out of a giant international hub. All this is to say that even though it's a messy summer for the world of air travel, it is definitely still possible to have a trip 
where you don't have any issues with your check-in, you have reasonable wait times to get through security, and you and your bags make it to your destination without any major delays or issues. The unfortunate thing is that whether or not that happens is largely based on luck and factors out of your control. There are, however, things that you can do to increase your chances of having a smooth experience and to prepare yourself for potential problems. I now want to get into the causes behind the situation we have, and then dive into some of the things that are in your control. Let's briefly talk about how we have found ourselves in this situation. I want to preface what I'm about to say by noting that the causes behind the global air travel situation right now is very complicated and I won't get into too much of the nuance. Rather, I'm going to try to cover the main themes and some of the biggest factors contributing to the challenges right now. The big overarching theme is recovering from the steep decline in air travel during the COVID-19 pandemic. Air travel has picked up much faster than expected and this has caused a lot of issues. Demand has rebounded faster than most people predicted with lots of people wanting to fly after being stuck at home for the past two years. And that was great news for airlines. Unfortunately, many airlines built their summer schedules based on best case staffing and operational scenarios in order to meet the high demand. Airlines have faced significant staffing challenges, which has therefore led to operational issues. That being said, even though airlines are often the ones to draw the ire of travelers, there are also very legitimate factors that are outside the control of airlines. Of course, airlines aren't alone in their staffing shortages, and airports and the entities that operate with them are no exception either. For example, We've seen shortages of security screeners in Amsterdam and in many Canadian airports, which has led to long lines. There are also some issues that aren't necessarily tied to COVID-19 recovery and might have happened even if the pandemic had not existed. For example, workers at airports across Europe have been striking or threatening to strike. Now to be fair, some of their grievances have to do with contract or work conditions that are related to the pandemic but we've seen worker strikes in the industry well before the pandemic existed. And of course, on top of all of this, summer is already a peak travel season. So, what are the things that we can do to help maximize our chances of having a smooth air travel experience? I'm now going to get into how you can increase your chances of having a smooth experience and how you can prepare yourself for potential problems. I'll try to do this in a chronological order, starting with planning and booking and ending with the actual travel. First, let's look at some things that you can do when planning your trip and when booking. You want to leave yourself lots of time, and I mean that in two different ways. Firstly, if you have an event that you can't miss, like a wedding for example, give yourself a cushion and arrive a day or two early. That way, you have lots of buffer room if you run into a delay. The other way that you should leave yourself lots of time is when planning connections. Even in normal times, minimum connection times published by airlines can leave you cutting it close. And needless to say, right now you should give yourself lots of time if you have connections along your itinerary. This will not only give you buffer room in case your inbound flight is delayed, but it also gives you and any checked bags you may have 
more time to make it onto your connecting flight. Consider all of your travel options carefully. If you can, avoid larger airports as those tend to be the ones where the staffing shortages and delays have a bigger impact. That goes for both your origin and destination as well as any connections you have. If you have the option of flying out of Fort Lauderdale or Palm Beach instead of Miami, or Oakland or Sacramento instead of San Francisco, as examples, look at flight options out of those smaller airports. If you have multiple connection options, considering connecting through an airport like Edinburgh or Munich instead of London Heathrow or Amsterdam, again, as examples. When looking at your options, consider flying earlier in the day. Cancellations, weather, and flight delays tend to get worse and worse throughout the day, and this kind of makes sense. The early morning first flight for a plane is much less likely to get delayed than the last one of the day because it has likely been sitting on the ground overnight before that first flight. Flight delays due to delayed inbound crew or aircraft are also more likely to occur later in the day. Needless to say, if you have the option of flying non-stop, that's going to be a safer option than connecting, even if it costs more. Keep in mind that if you're on a flight on a busier route with more frequencies throughout the day, it'll probably be easier to rebook you should you not make it onto your flight. That being said, flights with more frequencies also tend to involve larger airports as well, so you have to examine your specific situation when considering that factor. Book directly with the airline. This is a good idea in general, as it makes it easier to deal directly with the airline when something goes wrong. When you book through travel websites like online travel agencies, you can be stuck going through them when problems arise, and they A, often aren't known for great customer service, and B, are really just acting as middlemen between you and the airline. The same goes for getting refunds and flight vouchers. Booking with and dealing directly with the airline will generally make your life easier. The same goes with hotels and car rental companies. I'm not saying that you absolutely shouldn't book with a third-party website or agency, but when you see lower prices there, consider whether the savings are worth the potential challenges down the line. Now, I know that this is a podcast about air travel, but this is one of those times where I might suggest that you consider alternate options such as train travel or driving. If you have those options, it might be worth considering them even if the estimated travel time is a bit longer because of the risk of delays when flying. Check the pricing as well, of course, as those options can sometimes be cheaper. You should always ensure that you have medical insurance when you travel, but you should also consider purchasing travel insurance that covers you for things like delays, accommodation, and baggage issues. If you're flying from or within the United States, there are also some investments that you can make to make your security experience a bit better. TSA PreCheck gives access to dedicated security lanes for those who are deemed low risk by the Transportation Security Administration, or the TSA. In a pre-check lane, you don't have to remove laptops, liquids, or your shoes or belt. It's available with over 80 airlines at over 200 airports, and you can find a full list of eligible airlines and airports on the TSA website. If you're a member of the Global Entry Trusted Traveler Program, TSA PreCheck is included, 
and the same goes for those who are U.S. lawful permanent residents or Canadian or American citizens who are members of the Nexus Trusted Traveler program. There is also CLEAR, which is a membership program that allows you to verify your identity using biometrics like your iris and your fingerprints at a machine instead of seeing a TSA agent with your documents. Once you do that, you get escorted to the front of the security line. CLEAR is available at around 50 airports in the United States. Both TSA PreCheck and CLEAR are only available at certain airports, and they both require you to pay to enroll, so make sure that you do your research before applying. Now, let's talk briefly about packing and luggage. Probably one of the most common pieces of advice lately is to avoid checking bags, and this is a good tip for sure, but there are some additional things to keep in mind. Because many people are doing this, flights are often running out of overhead luggage space, and passengers are left having to gate-check their bags. This means that you could be forced to check your carry-on luggage in the baggage hold once you arrive at the gate or even after you get on the aircraft. You therefore want to ensure that all your valuables and medication and essential must-haves are in your personal item that goes under the seat in front of you. It's also a good idea to ensure that you have a change of clothes and perhaps your toiletries in there as well. Doing so will make your life easier in the case that the airline gate checks your bag and it ends up getting lost or delayed. Along the same lines, you can try to maximize the amount of stuff that you'll be able to carry on. For example, I sometimes see people put a small purse under the seat in front of them. What you can do instead is put the small purse inside a backpack that also fits under the seat in front of you, and that way you'll have extra room in that backpack to pack items that definitely won't end up gate-checked. Before you leave for the airport, there are a few more things that you can do to prepare for your trip. Download the airline app and or subscribe to flight notifications. Many airline apps are very good at sending notifications and providing information about things like delays, gate changes, and flight cancellations. You might even find out about one of those things before the airline staff at the gate know. As such, having this information allows you to stay on top of things. I'll talk a bit about rebooking flights later, but if you're the first to know about a flight cancellation, you can start looking at your options sooner. You also want to do things to avoid having to stand in a line at the airport. If you can, check in online, print your boarding pass at home, or have it on a mobile device. If you aren't checking a bag, this generally means that you can go straight to security when you arrive at the airport. If you need to check a bag, see if the airport and the airline have kiosks for you to print your baggage tag. If there are separate bag drop and check-in lines, The bag drop line usually is shorter and moves faster since you already have your bag tag printed from a kiosk. Now, you're finally ready to head to the airport. How early do you arrive? In a way, the answer is actually the same as before. Check with your airline and airport. Different airports are having different issues, so be sure to check the website of the airport that you're flying out of. Some airline websites will also have notices for specific airports or specific situations telling you when you should arrive. The overall theme is arriving well before your flight though and much earlier than you would have before. The other thing that you can do is see if your airport's website publishes live security wait times on their website. If they do, 
you can take a look in the days before your flight at the wait times around your departure time to get an idea of how the security line will likely look when you're flying out. That being said, this isn't a guaranteed science, of course, and it doesn't really give you any indication about check-in or bag drop lines. Let's say that something does end up going wrong in your journey. This will most likely come in the form of a flight delay, cancellation, or missed connection. Let's look at some of the things that you can do to help your situation if you end up running into one of these issues. Firstly, always be polite and considerate when dealing with airline staff. They're working in a stressful environment that is likely short-staffed, and the customer service staff are really not the ones who have any control over your delay or flight cancellation. Taking your frustration out on people who have no control over the situation isn't really going to make things better. You can say that airline staff represent the airline, of course, but if airline staff are dealing with angry people all day, is it really any surprise that the airlines are having trouble finding and retaining people for these positions? And it really isn't just about being considerate. As is the case with any customer service staff, airline staff tend to be more friendly and more helpful towards people who are polite and considerate with them. It also helps to be proactive. If you're getting rebooked due to a cancelled flight, for example, you can do your own research while you wait in line to speak with an airline agent. If you see a particular itinerary or an option that you would like to take, you can always ask for it, and this can save you time and give you a bit more control over a situation, and it might even save the airline staff some work. The worst case scenario is that they tell you that your desired option isn't possible. The same thing goes with hotel and meal vouchers. You can always ask for them, even if you're not entitled to them. Just be polite and don't be surprised if the answer is no. Along the same lines, be aware of your rights and entitlements under the law and under an airline's terms and conditions. And that means both knowing what you are and what you aren't entitled to. Unfortunately, too often people have misconceptions about what an airline is obliged to provide you in the case of a delay or cancellation. For example, if an airline has no obligation whatsoever to provide you a hotel room because your flight is delayed until the next morning, then don't be in a position where you're surprised when they tell you that. We can be of the opinion that an airline should provide something, but that's different from them being required to. On the flip side, don't let the airline try to get out of something that they're actually obliged to provide. For example, the European Union has perhaps the world's most comprehensive compensation scheme for flight delays and cancellations, outlined in a regulation commonly called EU261. The full details of the scheme, including eligibility and how it all works, are a bit complicated, but the rules in general are quite passenger-friendly and require airlines to provide generous compensation and accommodations for certain flight delays and cancellations. Other jurisdictions around the world also have laws and regulations around compensation and passenger rights, but they vary quite widely. Here's where travel insurance can also come in handy. If you're well prepared and have invested in good travel insurance, your out-of-pocket expenses may be covered. For example, let's go back to the case of an airline not being obliged to provide you with a hotel room if you're stuck at an airport overnight, which is generally the case in the United States. If you have trip delay insurance, those types of policies may cover your out-of-pocket expenses that result from the delay. 
As is the case with the law and airline policies though, know what your insurance policy does and doesn't cover. When it comes to things like refunds, compensation, and travel insurance claims, note that those things often occur after your trip rather than while you're at the airport. Now, I've covered a lot in the episode and I hope that you've found it helpful for your travels. Even after air travel returns to pre-pandemic normalcy, many of the things that I've discussed today will still be things that you should keep in mind when planning and flying. And of course, it is possible that you do all of these things and then you still run into problems. But if that's the case, you'll at least know that you had done what you could to help yourself. I would rather be in a situation like that than run into issues and regret not being better prepared. On the flip side, you could also end up over-preparing and breeze through your air travel experience. But you never know how things will go, and I would much rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. That brings us to the end of this episode of Flying Smarter. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a minute and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Flying Smarter, and on Twitter at flying underscore smarter. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.